Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where every week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and review it with only the knowledge of what we've seen from that one episode alone, ignoring anything we know about anything that happened in that show along its future run. This week, we're going to be talking about the IT crowd. The IT crowd ran 25 episodes over four seasons on Channel 4 in England. We're going to be talking about just its first episode, which is called Yesterday's Jam originally aired February 3rd, 2006. My name's Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Ferg, Joe, Nick, and Gordo. Guys, what's going on? Get out of the lift. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let's just start things off the way we always do. Who has and hasn't seen the IT crowd before we watched episode one for this episode? Never seen it. I've never seen it. I've seen a couple of episodes but I never watched it religiously. Ferg? Yep, I've seen it. I love this show. Okay, so uh, three out of five have seen it at some capacity. Two of us are going completely cold. All right, so uh, it starts right off with the intro. Uh, no, like, cold open or anything like that. The intro is, like, just kind of a kind of like an 8-bit video game style showing you... Um, boom, boom, bana, boom, boom, bana. You see just two uh, two male characters, like, in this game that are kind of clubbing something at the desk and then eventually That's a girl joins in. Instantly, it's British because he has a cricket bat. Yeah, you know right away. Right away, he gets right into it like that. Cricket? You want to know cricket? You're gonna know what a crumpet is first. <laughs> it's it's such a good intro and a good like theme song to the point that I've had the theme song stuck in my head all day, and I've yep. just been the dun 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 like all yeah, day yeah. just thinking about it. You like. can it's funny. It, I yeah. know the theme song now from watching it, but each time both of you have said it, I've just heard Sanford and Son. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, not too, not too far off. No, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the in the intro, they're clubbing at the desk. Uh, four caves out from under them, and they kind of fall all the way down to the bottom of the basement level. That's the whole intro. Not, not much to it. I mean, you guys said the song can be a little bit of an airworm to you guys. Um, any early implications of what the show might be like just by seeing the intro i mean i didn't get much going in cold i really didn't know much about what the show was going to be just from that i got something about computers that's all i got though but i didn't know what yeah like you said the whole 8-bit thing like you get a a vibe of um maybe what the main characters are doing or something like that but it's it's technical or you know nerd related like very nerdy something digital i mean my my brain definitely goes towards video games first thinking maybe it was like a video game thing but Makes me think of the old days when we were on MySpace and we found that DX MIDI version of, of the song. with like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so uh, show opens up. It's um, you get this. Uh, it's panning up to this like very large building, which is uh, the office at which it's all set in. You see a guy sitting at his desk. Pan out to reveal that it's actually just a photo of a guy sitting at the desk, and then the actual man is sitting in front of the photo of himself. Looking identical to the picture that we just saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I love. So British. This entire thing. Uh, it's yeah. funny. Last week, Ferg had mentioned. It was Ferg mentioned Red Dwarf. This. No, I did. Gordon mentioned it. Okay. Gordo, yeah. This reminded me so much of Red Dwarf. And it was like Red Dwarf mixed with you can't do that on television. It's the <laughs> strangest combination. And it's immediately you're like, okay, here we go. I'm in. I get the Red Dwarf part. I don't get the you can't do that on television part. Kind of like the way that boss is, the way he's talking and hitting the desk. Like you just, it, he reminded me of the <laughs> the main character there, the older guy who always ended up getting uh, slammed. Show I starts off on a really like on a weird note after that because like the first thing like we see it looks like it's like a job interview. It was an interview or a first day, but it was like this girl sitting across from the desk from the boss, and he lets her know like right off the bat like, oh, whenever you know I get a new employee, I like to size them up for a little bit, and he just. It's just a very, very long, awkward staring contest between the two after that. And again, that joke, immediately I'm in. Like, this is mm-hmm. my favorite kind of humor. I like to size you up. Deadpan stare for 30 so seconds. So dry. It's yeah. so, yeah. so dry and so perfect. Also, did anybody notice that it, it almost seems like there's Vaseline on the screen for this, the film stock? I can't tell if it's the very end of film or the very beginning of digital, and that's why it looks so It's at that weird crossroads, like 2006... Yeah, we're at a weird point where, like, the end of one thing. So people first started getting, like, HD TVs and everything looked kind of different. It's really interesting looking, and, and it gives it, a, I think, a, a cool... It's it's weird because it is a live audience show, but they, they're getting closer than a live audience view should be. You know what I mean? Live audience is usually wide shots, 
yeah. of people, but like they're like right up in them, um, and they get those non live audience shots. So I don't know if maybe if the cameras are meant to be a wide live audience, you know, type of camera, and they're not supposed to be used for those closer shots. But I, I do know what you mean. There is a there's a weird grain to the, and yeah. it's also you know it's almost. 15 years or it is 15 years 15 old years. So. i mean technology has changed at a rapid pace yeah i think early on one of the things that caught my eye or my ear or whatever was like the the way the the boss acted was a little over exaggerated to me it wasn't like he's obviously a bit of a character but he played it so extreme that it felt like sketch comedy like that was a big big thing that that took me early on in that part, at least in that scene where he's asking her questions, rapid fire, and then going back and forth, back and forth. Um, do you guys pick up on anything weird like that? That that's how uh, yeah, it works. I gotcha, yeah. 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 I, no, mean, I know I'm, what you mean. I'm not gonna yeah, get into my feelings about the show in general, but yeah. Yeah. It's it felt like, like he is it's it's like he is one person playing another person. He doesn't feel like that other person. It feels very much like stage acting, the way yes. he is like like so, sketch play. Yeah, like like Monty Python or something like that. Yeah. And we'll get back into him because we see we see him later in the episode anyways, but I'll be honest, the boss to me plays his version of comedy so different than everyone else on the show that it would take me out of it at points because he seemed too extreme. Well, I love it. I love him. What he I, didn't seem a, real to me. As a parallel for something we've all seen a lot more, what I thought of him as a parallel to is, you know, the episode of The Office where Pam sort of goes to the bizarro office in Philadelphia and Wait, Bob, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk yeah. is the yes, boss yeah. that he's playing, just like a even weirder version of Michael. This to me seems like the sort of... Yeah, he's purposely exaggerated to be like all of those bad things you don't like about a boss. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. the only difference is like Bob Odenkirk's character there and just, you know, the office in general. They're extreme characters, but you can see shades of realism in them, whereas this guy didn't seem like a real person. It seemed like he was acting in a sketch. That was my only thing with him, but other than that, he's he's interviewing this girl, Jen. Jen. Said, was it? I thought it was Jen. No, it's is Jen. It, is it? It's Jen. This, this is one of your favorite shows? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> for you love okay, the so show. Okay, <laughs> so Jen from one of your favorite shows is interviewing for the job, and um, or got the job, I guess, and he says, you're going to go in IT because it says you have a lot of computer knowledge, and then it becomes very clear as soon as he tells her that, that she has no knowledge of computers. All she really says is that she knows how to email and delete emails and send emails, and that's really her whole knowledge of computers. But isn't that really just all IT was in 2006? I mean, to be honest, that's kind of my question. Is I was trying to think back, like, what really was the internet? It was in a lot harder back then because I mean, you're not you got to think about. All right, this is nerdy, but like the it's not just a computer computer basis. Like they're on a network and stuff like that, and they haven't really figured out these networks yet. I would imagine that these dudes' jobs then were ten times harder than they are now. That's a good point. And this is obviously something that was really happening, right? Because the American parallel of this is the SNL sketches at the same time, which was, was it, um, God, who hosts that show now? I forget the who it Jimmy was, Fallon, he... like, web show where they were from Boston with, like, I Rachel think, Dratch? I think it's, no, it's Jimmy Fallon, I think, though. But basically the whole thing is he'd get called up to the office to do something and they'd be like, I don't know a password. And he'd just go, move. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Now, now, yeah. yeah. Around this time, right? So it's a similar sort of IT guy knows you don't know. This is like an elite group of people or whatever. Yeah, yeah I was just trying to think yeah. of like the internet in general. 2006 was like, we, we all, I mean, like the internet had existed for quite a bit at that point. We're, we were all out of high school, but I mean, it wasn't like we didn't all have super fast, like smartphones yeah. weren't a thing yet. I mean, did you see his shirt? I wanted to bring that up. The art. Well, I want to. We'll get to that yeah, because sure. we haven't met the character yeah. yet. But yeah, so she asks who she's gonna work with, and he just what yelled what standard nerds was that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Standard, standard nerds. nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how he yelled it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when we cut down to what you were talking about. Um, now we are in the IT area, and the guy sitting at the desk is who you were referring to. The desk is like cluttered. It, there's, there's almost like this yes. Not caution tape, but that black and yellow striped, like, caution bump. There's a bump here is the yeah. edging of his desk and loaded with toys. 
And uh, yeah, his shirt was um, what was it again? It was RT RTFM, and it's like an old term for not necessarily IT, but just like tech in general. That was read the fucking manual because people would always ask questions. You still see it every now and again, pop, or I do anyways. And um, it's just like stuff that's like blatantly obvious in the instructions that people are like, oh, how do I do this? And it's just like, oh, fucking RTFM, man, read the fucking manual. What I looked mm-hmm. it up, though, people have all sorts of uh, opinions on the shirt because it says RTFM, but then there's a picture Chairman of Chairman Mao's Mao. on it. Yeah, yeah and he's are... holding a manual, though. It's like the, red, <laughs> it's like the, are, the yeah. little super... red book or something. I started yeah. to read up on it, too, but I was like, this is going to become way too much of a deep dive, and I'm going to yeah. get into like, some, yeah, like get, way too like heavy. a little red book that's the Chairman Mao thing, and then there's like a little red book of sales. Like it's yeah. You fall deep into a weird thing yeah. that I went like an hour into last night. And when it first cuts to him, too, it's like uh, they show his desk and he's sitting at, and there's a phone call and he's like trying to eat. So he just isn't picking it up. And like yeah. they really let that breathe because Roy, they don't let the it way, go for like they let that go. Roy, yeah. They let that go Roy for a Moss. very, very long time. It was like almost a little too awkward for me with how long they ran it. But I mean, <laughs> it, was it was grating. Like, it was it grating getting, on me. It was getting it was getting laughs going, though. Like, Answer the phone. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I love this too. kind of humor. It's another very British thing, the drawn out awkwardness. Yeah. Wait for the payoff. And then when he finally picks it up, like you can kind of get the vibe of the call, and he's like, the, the it sounded like the the person on the phone basically just didn't know how to turn their computer on. Yeah. And like, and yeah. it kind of goes back to what his shirt yeah. is saying, right? Like this is what he deals with all day. It's like people just defaulting right towards them like asking the most asinine questions and like this is their this is their every day yeah because at this point he's saying did you turn it off and on did you turn yeah. it off and on yeah. it's your your first intro with the um the catchphrase, catchphrase of, yeah. of the show the main catchphrase it's yeah, like teaching joe dude. how to podcast <laughs> and i'm still not good at it i loved uh what what does he say say in this where he goes you from the previous century yeah you yeah, are you from the, the past yeah from the past from the past is the line <laughs> yeah okay all right and we also meet uh me. the second gentleman maurice moss, moss. but yeah moss? maurice is yeah. his first name he goes by moss he goes by moss okay yeah. Yeah. yeah which i love because he looks just like poindexter in the first mm-hmm. Revenge of the Nerds movie, he's got his hair. Yes. Like, it must be on purpose because the glasses and the hair are exactly Paul Also, I, to this day, do not know how to pronounce that actor's name. It's Chris Ioade. Ioda. Ioa. I, I, he's been in a bunch of Ariana stuff. Grande. I, Ariana Grande. Ariana <laughs> Grande, yes. <laughs> it's Richard Io. Oh, yeah, Richard. Exactly. Ioa. Spell it. Ferg, you started off pretty confident there, and you trailed off yeah. pretty quick. I was just like Jan. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's A-Y-O-A-D-E. Let's say just like Jan. Aioti. I was the one who said the name wrong. Yes, you it were. It's like Aioti. No, I'm Aioti? saying fucking, what's Moss's name? Ioad. <laughs> we're just trying to figure out how to pronounce a guy's name with no knowledge and just getting it wrong every time. He's super, he has this very nerdy posture to him. You kind of understand who he is in that alone. Yeah. He awkwardly throws Ross a muffin, like very stiff. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they, uh, they kind of go to this point where they're going back and forth because now he gets a call too. And you can see he's more excited about doing IT work. He's like excited to talk computers when somebody calls him. And then it will cut right back to Ross, who's just very angry. He doesn't want to deal with anybody. Yeah, they have you. You automatically realize they have two different personalities. That one guy is the sort of go-getter, happy-go-lucky. The other guy is the angry, put-upon tech nerd. Yeah, because uh, Ross, right? I, I get that his name right. It's Ross. Moss. 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 No. So who's no, the other? Moss Roy. Is the other guy. It's Moss. Roy. And... All right. Roy, Roy and Moss. Moss. Roy okay, and there Moss. we go. Yeah. I combined them. That would be a celebrity <laughs> couple not, name. It's not David Schwimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has anybody seen Rachel? Where's my computer? <laughs> Can we have that show, please? Yeah, so Roy gets to a point where he's, like, legitimately yelling at the person he's talking to. Like, it's getting heated. He's like, why don't you come down here? Yeah. And so, so it gets it gets pretty extreme. And then um, their calls end, and, and they're just... Uh, well, he infers that it was a lady who was on the phone after talking yeah. like that to them. And they start talking about how, like, nobody respects IT, and that's just, like, a common thing that they deal with at all times. Not that it sounds like that he was showing, you know, that much respect either, but... He was saying that he was working on somebody's computer and the girl actually just laid her coffee cup on his back on while his he back. was working yeah. and he spins and around and you can see the imprint yeah, of the mug <laughs> on his shirt, which I, I thought was a good bit. And Nick, you're in, you're in the industry. How, how accurate is this for treatment of IT people? I'm not, I'm not that close to that industry, but it's, it's, yeah, it's common sense issues that people just do not feel like figuring out on their own. So 
that's that's where his attitude comes from. It's like this is the forty thousandth time he's had to have that conversation. So that's why he's just like, I know there's nothing really wrong. Just turn your computer back on. Like, and mm-hmm. they just don't understand the most basic functions. Which I think is probably the best thing ever for people now is that you can access computers remotely. I feel like IT people now are just like, yeah, just big time. Go walk away, and I'll do this for you. Like that must make that a lot easier. You don't have to see the morons that you're helping anymore and want to strangle them. Or have to walk or talk somebody through something they don't understand, which is always frustrating. Or it's got to make that more frustrating, too, because say somebody, oh, I went to go try and fix this and then screwed something up royally. And then you got to go in and be like, well, come on, man. Why'd you do that? Well, you know. The title know. of the episode comes into play here, too, because this is when he says that, you know, he refers to them as like people treat them like yesterday's jam, which I liked because that's when Roy... He instantly acknowledges that that's not a real thing. He's like, well, actually, jam lasts for ages. Like, I don't know if that's... So it would have been like... Really what he's trying to say is like, throw this away like yesterday's newspaper, which would be like the common thing. And then I kind of got into a thing where I was trying to find out, like, is there a a different... I thought maybe like jam, because I was stopping to like write it down before I played it and saw that he acknowledged that it was wrong. And I was like, is that what they call newspapers in England or something? Do they call it like the daily jam? It would make the band The Jam have a totally different connotation to their name, yeah. <laughs> and that's not it. Uh, it looks like they go with, um, like, they're still just newspapers, but they have, like, the heavies and the populars, which are, like, the heavies, like, the main uh, publications, and the, the populars are a little bit more tabloid-like. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Newspaper would still be the, the term that they would go by. Makes sense. So uh, now we cut back to upstairs where Jen is uh, still walking with the boss and checking out the new, like, office or the new building she works at essentially and the first thing that she's like really impressed by is that they have unisex toilets like in ally mcbeal <laughs> just like ally <laughs> mcbeal yeah. yeah i love when she opens it up too and i don't have any like vivid memories like i've seen clips of ally mcbeal but was that like a a big deal about that show like was it like revolutionary for its time in doing Man, that yeah i don't remember I would say nobody here has seen Ally McBeal. I might I be out being in the limb. on in the you know sort of in the background, and it was very popular. But like I, I don't think it, it was not our demographic in two thousand and three or whatever to be watching Ally McBeal. I don't so think. I'm I'm a sponge for TV and movies. Like you really don't have to do well to catch me, right? Like I've watched plenty of like USA TV shows. Like mm-hmm. I'm easy to please. I have seen an episode of what the fuck show were we just Allie talking? Ally McBeal. It was like the worst piece of shit. Like I was just so bored. Like I couldn't relate to anything, and I was just like, "You nah, tuned nah, in onto the me. wrong episode." It's possible for sure. Yeah, I always seemed to think Calista Flockhart was fine. I had like no issue with her. I don't know that show. I mean, the bad, world seemed it's... to love her at the time. Like again, it wasn't my show, but people were very endeared by her. So, and uh, the curiosity of this unisex bathroom overcame her. And she opens the door, and you just see like <laughs> this like couple just making out in this beautiful bathroom. Like, <laughs> she's like, "Is this where we work now?" And the boss is like, that's what this place is. It's just sexy people not doing their work and having affairs. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's the way Man, has anybody ever had a weird great. moment in a unisex bathroom? I, I'm sure, pretty sure everybody here is familiar with Charlie's and Harvard Square, but a few years ago, because they always had one stall, like one person occupancy bathroom, male, female, and busy bar. That's a nightmare, right? So one day we just show up and they're like, now there's three stalls. It's totally unisex. That's how it's going, right? So obviously, no issue. It's kind of weird at first because you've never done it before. I remember the first time, like, you go in and you have to go into a stall to pee or whatever. And I came out at the exact same time as a woman who was maybe, like, 10 years older than us. And she just looked at me horrified because <laughs> she didn't realize that it was now unisex. It was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I had no idea how to react. It was just like, it's for everyone. Yeah. I was just like so afraid of what to say. Should have been like, that was a nice shit you took. Just <laughs> A couple of years ago. Um, I heard what you did. Me and Ferg were at a brewery in uh, Brooklyn. And I went to run into the bathroom. And, like, it's a unisex bathroom. And I didn't have any recollection of, like, any unisex bathroom that was, like, multi-toilet use, at least, that I had gone to. And I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Just opened the door. It was just like a girl washing her hands. And like, I froze. I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong. Like, you know, like you pause because you, you're just not used to it. And I, I felt like I ran in the wrong bathroom by accident. But there's no there's no uh, hot couples not cheating on each other in there when you walk. Not in. when I went in. No, it's just a girl washing <laughs> her hands. I feel like Charlie's and the Brooklyn one would probably be more likely what we see in the bathroom later on. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I've had the experience of the, the bathroom later on. 
Well, then we'll get to that one yes. in a moment. Uh, she's also very taken by the view. You could, they were on the thirty-fourth floor. They noted, which you know was a very nice view. And then the then it becomes like, all right, so now time to get in the in the elevator uh, because you're going down to the basement. That's where it is. So like now you, you know this kind of all coincides with what they were saying earlier. Like it isn't the most loved and respected of the group, so they they shove them in the basement. They do this funny gag where they they pan down. You see all the buttons. And then basement is just like blinking, and there's like almost it's like, like a dirt moldy button over. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. There's yells at you to get out of the lift. One other thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys took notice of it. Did you guys take note that there's a thirteenth floor? No, yeah, I that's just that's just hotels that won't do thirteen. I no, believe. a lot of office buildings won't do them either. No, a lot of yeah, they won't do it either. I wonder and if that's that, only was, a U.S. thing though. That's what I was wondering. I wasn't sure, yeah. and I didn't really go get to into the fourteenth like, floor. Jump out the window, you will die <laughs> sooner. <laughs> yeah. So I was All like, maybe right, that's then. just a U.S. thing, and I never thought about it. You because, know what? Like, too though, you know what the elevator button reminded me of? It was very Ren and Stimpy. You know how yeah. in Ren and Stimpy they would always give you like a really grotesque close up of something. Oh, you shouldn't. You would never want to touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just—I don't know. That reminded me of Run and Stimpy for some reason because it was like a really gross, moldy, dirty button. Oh, I was gonna say this is before Parks and Rec, so I'm assuming they stole it from this. But the entire basement, when you get out of the elevator and you walk through the hallway, it's just that floor in Parks and Rec where you go to get like divorced and everything. Oh, it's like the, the fourth, fourth floor. floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the fourth floor that never want to go up to. That's just scary, and there's just bikers selling meth and everything. Like that seems like a direct rip that they did from this episode or right. the show in general. That basement reminded me of Red Dwarf, the spaceship of Red Dwarf. Yeah, I get yeah. you. I get that. Yeah, that's where, and, and it, I was like trying to see if there, and... yeah, I was trying to see if there was a connection too between the shows, but apparently there and this isn't. Is, this is where last week you said you wanted to live in your dream I do. world? <laughs> yes. This is where Gordo wants to live in his good in life. In a dirty his... basement with steam. <laughs> and, yep. I, and I mentioned, uh, I mentioned like a sketch comedy vibe earlier. I got this again when we got to the basement, when like the steam started flying out of the wall. I was like, this all seemed very sketch comedy to me at this point, too. The whole episode is I mean, comedy. smoke in general, too, is very like Monty Python, right? Like, when I think yeah. of Monty Python, the first thing I think of is somebody exploding, and then the camera cuts back, and just a pair of boots that have smoke <laughs> coming out of them. So anytime I see any smoke and hear a British accent, I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Now, up on the 34th floor, when we see a unisex bathroom, we see uh, an attractive couple making out in a very beautiful bathroom. What happens when we open the uh, unisex bathroom in the basement? <laughs> the weirdest squat I've ever seen in my entire life. He's hovering. He won't even sit on the toilet. He's front wiping like a weirdo. <laughs> he's and he's holding, a, he's holding a plunger too, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think he was holding the like handicap bar thing. I thought. I don't know. Actually, I don't remember. I was just so startled by his scream. And his <laughs> he's head. kind of in a standing, sitting <laughs> yeah. hybrid, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't even sit on one side of that argument. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest squats I've ever seen. Because yeah, he's, he's, he's like, hovering because that bathroom is so nasty. You can't even right, sit but on that hover <laughs> is at an angle where if he was to do something like go to the bathroom, it would not work out very oh. well for him either. <laughs> that, that's why how the toilet got that gross. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's not very good at it. Did he say anything in particular, or did he just he yell? Did. I forget. Just, no, <laughs> he did. He said, "I'll fix it." He said, "I'll I'll fix it. I'll fix it later." Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> well, I mean, it shouldn't that. even be like there's so few people who work downstairs. It shouldn't be that gross, right? No. Like in theory, there's only like yeah. three of them down there. So why is it? But so I guess disgusting? if nobody's cleaning it, and it gets right, like think of every gross apartment you've ever been in. Where it's only three people, but it should be clean, but no one cleans it. And it just <laughs> yeah. ends up being disgusting. I, I was going to say, uh, when you know that there's a bathroom like that at a workplace, when you have to go and, and drop a, a deuce, <laughs> you... you Love your hesitancy go... there to say that. <laughs> Sorry, Why do you I don't shy know? away from pool humor? I don't. Um, I was trying to think of something else, and the only thing I could come up with was deuce. Um... But when you're going down and laying a brown log of justice, you you go and you know it's going to be nasty. Like when you got like the Hershey squirts coming, you go to the worst bathroom. You don't go to like the nice, clean, prim and proper upstairs one. You go to <laughs> no, the one where you know. There's never you been can a point in my it. brain where I'm like, I need to go to the dirtiest bathroom I can find. No, that's never. That's never been a thought in no, my brain. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the human population goes for the nice bathroom, Gordo. You were fucking insane. <laughs> what I thought Gordo was gonna say is like, oh, that's you just the animal. bathroom you'll go number one in, and if you know you have to go number two, you look for the better bathroom. But like if you're just Gordo's going one, process. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Gordo's thought process is that bathroom doesn't deserve this. 
<laughs> so he has to go to another one that's shittier. No, because you know you can get down to business. You know that it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to go in there. Nobody's That bathroom's nasty. You can go in and rip ass all you want in there. You don't have to be embarrassed of what you're doing in there, whereas like in an, in an upper-class bathroom, like I've been in unisex bathrooms. It makes me feel any better right now. I'm embarrassed for you, so you don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I went to the unisex bathrooms on Boast, Bow Market, is that, in Somerville, when they first opened it. And you're like, this is too nice. They don't deserve me doing what I need to do, so I'm going to hold it for later. I dropped diarrhea. Why are we talking there. about this right now? <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was a woman go, oh, my God. Is this what it's like to poo with dudes? And all I'm going is, oh, and you hear just <laughs> on the water. Stop, like, <laughs> I hate everything about this right so, now. So Jen makes it into the IT area. You left out the elevator part. How it does the door Oh yeah, the el- well yeah, because people started talking about the other. St- yeah, so the <laughs> elevator doors also didn't open, uh, and it was telling it told her to get out. Like the elevator was telling her to get out. Just yells at her. <laughs> but yeah, so she eventually makes it into the, uh, the the IT area itself, and then the guys walk in and see her, and are extremely confused. I don't know if it's just because it's a different person down there, or if it's because it's a girl down there. But uh, they were like, okay, they use this opportunity to check their faces, make sure they look as nice as possible, back out of the room, and then come back in fresh, you know, as if they had never seen her, which is funny. Roy gives a good uh, Bobo Paul Rudd sort of vibe in this uh, this episode to me. He It was choreographed really well. They did it nicely. The what? What's a Bobo Paul Rudd? What? Bobo, like, not not the real one, like, fake. Like, if you see, like, somebody Clip who that, looks please. sort of like somebody. I never heard that called a Bobo. You never heard of Bobo before? The only honk- Bobo? I've only heard of honking on Bobo. Have you ever? Has anybody heard that? Because I haven't heard that. I have not heard that. I've never heard that term either. Um, honest. I no, you haven't. If you had to think about it, you haven't. No, <laughs> no. All right. Well, write in if anybody doesn't know what Bobo means. I would have went like pseudo. Like Bobo pseudo. means fake. It's like a Bobo version of something. I just would have went fake. Like Sunny Bobo. Like Sonny Bobo, yeah. Also, Gordo, you're not allowed to correct anybody on anything for the next 20 <laughs> minutes of your time out. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. So when, when they finally, when she comes to acknowledge all of them, what made Roy fall down again? But he comes back. <laughs> that was my first like big laugh. It's like a gaping he head comes wound. Up yeah. Yeah. I don't remember why he fell. All I remember is how badly he leaned he on was the bleeding. chair, and the chair just landed. Oh, okay. The chair moves. Yeah, you're trying to be like sly in front of the girl, and then the chair was on wheels. <laughs> so he's bleeding pretty bad. But this is also when they find out that she's the new boss, which they don't take very kindly to that news. Because they were both kind of the, under the impression that they were the boss. Like, both of them thought they were the other one's boss. Or at least one of them was the boss. But they never established it amongst the two of them. Yeah, even here, even already, you are kind of get the impression that they've been just the two of them for a while. So Yeah. And it seems like that's been working out, at least in their mind. So it wasn't an issue. Yeah, they have, an, they have a very, like, a relationship they don't want to change. They're stuck in their ways. It's like an old married couple sort of scenario where, like, right. anything that comes in and changes this dynamic is bad. Like a gaping head wound yeah. <laughs> that makes his ears warm. We've all been in that situation where, like, you have, like, everything's, like, great, you know, and then you add a, a new person and it changes everything. It just changes the dynamic, yeah, because yeah. you develop a flow. That's what me. I was looking for. It would not come to me. Yeah, so as Roy chases her in, the guy who was taking his shit earlier steps in to give um, Moss a package, <laughs> which was the newest Harry Potter. From Amazon. Yeah, and he got the child and adult versions to see if they were the exact same. He's going to A-B test the kid and adult version of Harry yeah. Potter. And I uh, just out of curiosity checked. Now, full disclosure, I've never read a Harry Potter book or watched a movie. Me neither. What a loser. As of 2006, when this episode came out, the newest Harry Potter would have been Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. It's a good one. for what it's worth. Yeah, not a Harry Potter fan. And then the after, I never read the books. I just either. never, I, I yeah, don't I know, ne- never got into it. So it is what it is. <laughs> Moss then uh, knocks on the door uh, to talk she to She goes to her office. She finds the office, right? Yeah, she's already in the office because she had already talked to Roy in there. And then when Moss tries to go in, just to look like the boss and more important, she's pretending to be on the phone with the boss from upstairs. And I like how this played off because at first I thought he was being sarcastic, but I really, upon analyzing, I think maybe he was genuinely going in for that purpose and it was just funny timing. Oh, he definitely was going in on purpose, yeah. 
then she asks, oh, what is it that you want? And he's like, oh, I was just wondering if you wanted me to connect your phone because she was just pretending to be on the call and it was clearly <laughs> yeah. unhooked. But yeah, I don't think he was, at first it was like, oh, that's good sarcasm. I was like, oh no, he's not being sarcastic. He actually went in there to help with the phone. It's just good timing. Is this yeah, where they come in deadpan. and he drops his cup of tea and he says, yeah. this is why I always make two cups of tea. No, no, no. So <laughs> No, first, no, that's later. Yeah, so first what happens is she then asks him to close the door from the other side and he's not sure why. So he's like, okay, oh, like this, and he clo- and then he realizes that he just locked himself out of the office. Like that was her way of asking him to leave. I don't <laughs> yeah. really know why she was being so rude to him in that moment. Like you're the new boss, you should probably get to know. It. You're just mad because he asked you to hook up the phone. She doesn't know anything about IT, so she doesn't want to have a conversation because she knows it will end instantly with her not knowing what they're yeah, talking so about. Ma- so maybe that's why she's just trying to avoid any any you know interaction between him at all. And then before what you were talking about, Joe, he starts telling Roy how weird she is because he went in there to talk to her and how strange of a person. And in the midst of that, starts squirting water into his hot ear. That's a thing he does. So, yeah. so as he's explaining how somebody's a little odd, he's squirting water into his hot ear. Sometimes I get hot ear. <laughs> and then they didn't. Um, and he's like, she didn't even notice the uh, the original ZX81 that's sitting right here. Is that a was that a real th- is that a real computer thing? Yeah, it was huge in the UK. It was like one of the first like small computing devices. Okay, so it was like our Apple. Uh, yeah, it, I I forget who made it. It's a company now still. I don't think they make computers anymore. Oh, you know who? It's a watchmaker. I just can't think of the name. A, a popular watchmaker, I think, made oh, Swatch. That. Yeah, Swatch. Yeah. Omega. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was there was like a billion of them around. Okay. Timex made them. And that's where we get into what you're talking about, Joe, where Roy suggests that she doesn't know anything about computers. And that's when his reaction, Moss's reaction is so extreme that he just drops his tea and then instantly picks up up his second cup that he always has just in case of that happening. And then upon thinking again that she doesn't know anything about computers, drops it for a second time. And that's followed up by this similar gag, too, where he puts on bigger glasses and then bigger glasses again. Yeah. The gags are so funny. Yes, yep. that's, and that's the thing about this show is it's such a good like combo of like witty humor with physical comedy. It, yeah, it, definitely it's for everyone. Like, so Jen's listening to them talk this whole time that they're talking about her and that she doesn't know what she's doing, and because they're talking about making you plan to get rid of her, and that's when yeah, as you said with the glasses swap, depending on his level of excitement, has to keep changing his glasses. Which to me, all looked were they even different in size? I couldn't tell. Yeah, like, they're they, bigger. Were they bigger? They were so subtle that it was like, I was, are these even the same thing? Or And then he has the scheme glasses that are different from the plan glasses. Right, yeah, he puts on a third pair. Yeah, because he goes, oh, well, if it's a scheme, then I have to wear these. <laughs> and then he, they're even bigger. They need a plan, a solid plan to, you know, they, they need some foundation to get rid of her. They need solid proof that she's in over her head and doesn't know what she's doing. And they say that they don't want to go into this half-cocked and both start chuckling immediately. Half-cocked. <laughs> <Yeah, God. laughs> Yeah, the half cock joke. Intentions do build up with her, like, cause, cause, um, he doesn't want to play nice. Like, he makes it very known, like, we're gonna get rid of you, <laughs> because they just don't. I, what is, is it? Just the fact that they don't want to have a boss is that really the big hang up? Yeah, that's all it point? is. They've, yeah, they've yeah, just it's been doing this, right? And yeah. I think Nick, who works in the office as well, can can sort of agree with me here. You just want autonomy sometimes. You don't want somebody bothering you, checking in on you. You just want to do your work. It's not about slacking off. It's just I want to do my work and be left alone. Yeah, right. Well, I was going to say, too, because they've been so forgotten by the rest of the, in the way that they were treated by the rest of the office. Oh, now they're going to give us a, a, a boss when they've been just the two. They have a good arrangement, it seems to me. That, right. Like they, they can screw around all day, you know, and. Right, they're in the basement. No one's bothering them at all. They have free reign over it. People bring them their packages and stuff like they're seeming to be doing just fine down there. Yeah, and I think that they like to be down there, too. I don't think they want to go up and... I mean, obviously, they don't have the social skills to deal with the people upstairs to begin with, so... Well, they are in a bi-weekly beating, so they don't (laughs) want to be in a situation where it gets worse than that. As we'll find out. And, you know, I've I've never really had a proper, like, office job. So, like, every job I've ever had, the, like, the chain of command has always been so properly defined and like very like plug and play in your roles. But you know, I've never been somewhere where they will just add a position or subtract and restructure like that. It's always been very, very known what you're walking into at all times. So I guess for me, it's just not something that I see. So it's like, I can't relate, but if you're in an office setting and you see structural changes all the time and new positions created, like, I guess that'll hit home a little harder. 
I think a show like this maybe faces a bit of an uphill battle, right? Because you're going to get almost anybody with about 75% of it, right? Because anybody who finds these things funny are going to find the humor funny, the slapstick funny. But there is that 25% of a show like this where you do have to... The Office is similar, right? Or Office Space, you know, all these things. Uh, Silicon Valley, right? Where you have this sort of culture where 25% of that show is very relatable to that group of people, but not to anybody else. But the rest of the show is. So I think when it hits to somebody who knows everything, it's like this huge deal. And I think that's why it's such a cult show. There are people who sort of get every aspect of it. That's a good point, too, because although these two characters are, although these two characters are, you know, in an office setting and, you know, doing technical work, they do kind of give like a blue collar vibe, too. You know what I mean? They're like. They're physically doing things. They're not dressed for the office. Uh, they're a bit more brash than everybody else. So I think it's like a good in-between of the, you know, blue-white collar area. One of them is dressed like the office. Uh, Moss is. That's true. Moss is. But it, you, because Roy isn't, you know, he doesn't have to be. He's just kind of weird like that. You, you relate to that way more, right? Because that's the best thing ever because i've worked in offices where you don't have to you know you never have to just wherever you wear jeans and a t-shirt and that's so much more relaxing and freeing than the idea of wearing a tie to work every day you know right they make it upstairs because this all comes to a head and they're gonna finally tell on her and try to get rid of her and as the three of them are all sitting across from the boss's desk the boss is on the phone and is very by coincidence makes it very known the importance of teamwork and he starts talking about how he's firing the whole fourth floor because they couldn't work as a team, wants the security team to go in there and work as a team to escort them out, and wants a backup team to watch over the security team just to make sure that they're doing their job and working as a team. <laughs> Again, just the crazy, over-exaggerated, very British yeah. humor that just is so funny. Yes, the, the, the security, to, the needing to hire, and then he calls the recruitment to hire another security team to escort out the security team that's escorting out the, <laughs> the, the yeah. fourth floor. Like, I thought that was funny. And then we go into, what, A-Team montage with the theme song? <laughs> because he has the A-Team picture on his desk. Yeah, he's like, jewelry yeah. guy. What, do, what does he call all four of them? Because he names them all, and he doesn't. He doesn't get any of their names he says right. Their names. No, he says all their names right, but he calls uh, Mr. T Jewelry Man. <laughs> okay, because that's the only like one. Murdoch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hannibal Face, face Murdoch. Yeah, then he goes the Jewelry Man. So team is very important to him, and despite him making it extremely clear how much teams are the most important thing to him in the workplace, Moff doesn't pick up on that and misses the social cues and almost gets them all fired. So he gets put in a full Nelson. They realize that they need to go downstairs and reassess the situation because now they're in the situation they're in. They're not going to be able to get rid of Jen. They're either going to figure out a way to work with her or they're all going to lose their jobs. And that's when we cue the A-Team montage <laughs> of them uh, assembling plan. Doing what seems like some important work. So it seems. And as we find out that all this work and teamwork and planning and plotting is, is them throwing a party. Yeah, and a crudely drawn advertisement for a party in the IT department. At yep. 5.45. <laughs> I would not be at that party. Like, oh, this party happens 45 minutes after work ends? No, thank you. I want to go back because they call back to it later, but when they try to find their way out of the office, the excuse that they give the boss is they just wanted to let him know that they added voice activation to his computer. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he just keeps saying hello to his computer over and over, just trying to get it to turn on, and obviously it's doing nothing because that's not why they were there. Yeah, because they said that um, it might take a while to get the pitch right, so you have to keep keep talking to it. That's <laughs> yes, why you yeah. keep saying hello over and over. And they, they have the party, right, because they have the callback joke that he uh, – the, the girl from the phone earlier comes down and beats him up, or is that later? That's that's coming up, because they first, yeah, first okay. they're going to explain to Jen more IT stuff, right? Because that's where she, they start talking, and they just hear the noise. Right, well, actually, yeah, right yeah. before they even made the plan for the party, that's when Jen was like, well, just teach me about this, and we'll be fine. And, and Ma's like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing this basic task, and then I'll show you some things. And then as he's trying to explain the simple task that he's doing, all she hears is television static. This, again, again for me, though, was a little too sketch comedy. That gag was a little too much for me. It's very sketch comedy. A lot of this stuff, too, is also, this has come up so many times in only, what, 11 episodes so far, but very Kids in the Hall. Yeah. Like explaining yeah. No, okay. The, 100%. Yeah. It's very Kids in the Hall. But also, there are certain things I totally get that. Every time someone's tried to actually explain to me what an NFT is, the TV static just plays in my head. Like, I just don't understand it. It's it's relatable, right? Like, someone trying to explain something to you that's not even over your head, but it just doesn't comprehend. You can't comprehend it. I think it's pretty relatable. And actually, I think we did flip the order a little bit. Before we 
find out that their plan was to make the party, this is when the woman walks in yeah. looking for Roy. Because because that's why she, they realize that she can help them is because she she defuses the situation. Right, they need a people person. Yeah, a woman walk, walks in looking for Roy, and he greets her because she's an attractive woman. He's excited. He thinks that maybe she's, I don't know, just caught an eye for him and wants to talk to him. And then immediately just starts beating him like... <laughs> Marcel's beating him pretty like, bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, takes his shoe off, starts beating him with the shoe. Come to find out the, the very beginning of the episode where you see him arguing with someone on the phone. This is the girl now coming down after he challenged her to come down. And he takes a pretty good beating from her. And that's when Jen goes, oh, okay, so now I know my value here because I'm a good... She defused the situation right away just by mentioning the girl's shoes and talking about them, which I don't even think was actually to genuinely help him. It's just that it worked out that way that it ended his beating yeah, right. by distracting her. I also, too, when she leaves after beating him up, he still goes, nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did anybody so get her great. number? <laughs> I want to know how much time passed since that phone call. Like, was this is this hours later? And she's up there going, oh, 5.45 is the time. I'm gonna yeah, she's stewing like... the whole day. <laughs> and then that's when they decide they're going to make this party. And it cuts to the party, and everyone seems to, like, love Roy because, like, they figured the I, the IT group is getting kind of a, a bum deal, right? So they thought if everyone gets to know us, then maybe they'll come to like us and, you know, it'll up our stock within this building. So they do have an opportunity to do that. And Roy's joking around with them. Everybody's laughing. Everyone seems to love it. This party's a big hit despite it being in the dirty basement after work hours is closed. But a bunch of people showed up. He's trying to keep this momentum going. He's like, okay, Moss, tell him the story. It's a great story. Everyone's laughing. They're waiting for it. He leaves the room to do something real quick. and To get a box of wine. To get a box of wine. So yeah. Moss, Moss then has to take over the story and assumes it's a different story than the one <laughs> that Roy intended him to tell. Which this, this got a laugh out of me. This was they got really drunk in Amsterdam and decided to call a couple prostitutes. But then they chickened out and then they just took them to the fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And then everybody was mortified. They were nice. Yeah. They only made them pay half price. <laughs> yeah, but they had to pay for all the uh, carnival rides. That's true. <laughs> it's a fair trade off. And it completely yeah. killed the vibe of the party. Everyone leaves. Well, first, Roy walks back in wondering what just happened because now all the laughter that he just exited from is now gone. And he finds out what story was told. And that was the end of the party. Everything was going so well, <laughs> too well almost, and then that's it. Everything's over, back to square one. We're left with just the three of them sitting down there again, trying to figure out where to go from here. Yeah, I mean, also, too, with the um, when he starts telling the story about the prostitutes and Jen spits out her drink, too, like, you can see, I don't know, that got a laugh out of me when she spit out her drink. It's just funny too. He wants him to he wants him to tell a story about the time he lost his glasses. <laughs> yeah, in Amsterdam. Like, yeah. yeah, he has like a very <laughs> sweet story that he wants yeah. him to yeah. tell. And he's expecting to come back to everybody laughing still and wanting more wine. Everyone like what? That's a great story. Completely hates them. <laughs> yeah, and then he's yeah, he can't he can't figure out why, and he's like, oh no, not that story. <laughs> and you know what? To be honest, as embarrassing as that story is. I don't know if that's enough to, like, shock and mortify. They got so drunk they call prostitutes, but they chickened out. It wasn't like the story gets grotesque and, like, detailed. They actually come, and then they come to their senses and couldn't go forward with it. So, kind of a sweet story. They just took them to a carnival, essentially. I just love that the idea of telling your entire... Like, because if the story was that they didn't chicken out and they did like you know bang a bunch of hookers yeah like go with the sex workers and like do whatever that they wouldn't think that was a thing that couldn't get you fired for telling to all of your co-workers <laughs> you know, that's just funny thing yeah. but like it didn't cross his mind to be like well it's an after after hours party Everything's i would love to go drinking with moss by the way i feel like that would be a really good time also they're not going to get fired people are having affairs in the bathroom upstairs well i guess maybe too also that they are so I would say they're so low rung, but they almost all, you say that, but they also almost got fired earlier in the episode. Mm. Yeah, but that's for a lack of teamwork. That's Affairs true. are fine. Work is a team. <laughs> and I guess if there is four of them, that's technically a teamwork. Tag team match. <laughs> it's like the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Oh. Yeah, just like that. Uh, and I like the, there's a nice little button at the end of the episode too, where, so as they're all sitting there, the phone rings and Jen picks up and takes one of these IT calls and instantly just asks if, you know, they try turning it off and on again. So now that's kind of like a, she's part of the, the crowd now, right? She's yeah, like, she's, she's in with them. them now. Yeah, that was, I feel like the, the party, since the party flopped and the two guys screwed it up for her, and now she, she knows. Because also, too, I think that by having the party, she also thinks that maybe she can escape being the IT manager. Get in with everybody else? 
yeah, it's not just to to raise the stock. Like, sure, that's what she's telling Moss and them. But the real thing, I think, is she's trying to get the hell out of there and go get an office with that view. She wants that view back, yep. Yeah, and and she just realizes that Moss just sunk her chance, so now she's just embracing the, I'm here, this is my job now. Yeah, there's definitely a point where by picking up that phone, she realized, like, this is this is who I am. I'm... I'm in this now. This is this is where I belong in the world. And then the credits roll, and I, and I did really like this. The credits roll, and it's <laughs> yeah. just a slideshow of pictures Favorite of the pile. two of them with yep. the prostitutes at the fair. <laughs> it was so good. And also very British, right? They're older women. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Older smoking women. Right after we watched this, I watched The Dirty Dozen in bed. And so like a British movie from like the 60s, right? And there's a scene where they go and they get a bunch of uh, prostitutes for the guys before the mission and almost every one of them looked just like the women in this scene and i just thought it was so great that that seems it wasn't supposed to be a gag in three dozen but that 40 50 years later it's still the same exact archetype this <laughs> one picture that killed me it's just roy eating a hot dog <laughs> yeah. and i think moss had cotton candy and it's just the two girls <laughs> just smiling. standing there what i liked about it is just how much fun they seem to be having throughout all those pictures yeah, it right? wasn't like it was this uncomfortable moment like oh we're here with them now it was like they were still having a blast. They were at the fair just having a good time. But the, and, the prostitutes are straight-faced the whole time. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, just they're there. Like, yeah, they're just getting paid. They're just trying to make money. But the other two are like, hey, you know what? Life gives you lemons. Here we are. <laughs> I wonder if they would have played basketball with them. <laughs> they, That's all I can think about. Yeah. yeah, me too. The first thing I thought of. And then you get the final button on the episode, which is great, too. Yes, which is? Hello? 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 Yeah, Hello? the boss still trying to get his computer to run with the voice activation, and that's uh, and that's where we close off. Which means that you know he missed the whole party for that too. Like I wish they put a timestamp, and it was like three a.m. and he like it was you know, like, he's just it was been like clearly dark, time. right? Do I remember yeah. correctly though? Yeah, they made it, it dark. Yeah, it was like it was dark. So that's it. That's uh, the entirety of the first episode. Yesterday's jam. So let's go around and, as we always do, decide if this is a show that we want to green light or cancel. Ferg, starting with you, the It Crowd, what's your final decision? The IT Crowd. I've never watched the It Crowd, did I, did I, say, I will did I say, definitely watch the I knew I was going to do it You eventually. were so conscious of it the whole time. I you... said it before we record. I was like, I'm going to call it the It Crowd. Yeah, you just dropped that one pretty hard. But for the IT Crowd, green light all the way. I love the British comedy. I love the mixture of physical and witty comedy. It's funny. All the characters are great. Um, they've all gone on to other things. Well, at least the two main characters. I'm not sure about if I've ever seen Jen or anything else. But Well, maybe because you were looking up Jen. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? She was in that show Humans we watched. Oh, yeah. She was in Humans. Real-time revelations here. Great. Yeah, great show. I, I'm, I'm easy to please with that stuff, so green light. Joe, do you? We sort of have a rule where we try not to talk about the shows before we record because we don't want to, like, you know, do whatever. And I couldn't help myself. I went into our chat and asked because I couldn't remember who recommended the show. And Ferg, Ferg said it was him. This and guy. all I said was, thank you. <laughs> it's a green light. I love this show. I don't know how I had never seen it before. And I'm so excited to finish recording tonight just so I can start watching it. So green light all the way. Nick. Green light, like easy. But Joe, I know you're a fan of Matt Berry because you're a fan of uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, yeah, yeah. And he becomes a big part of this show. So definitely keep watching. But um, this show is just so much fun. How could you not green light it? There's nothing serious about it. It's just goofy uh, comedy with smart writing. And I, you, I, I've seen it multiple times. I will watch it again. Tons of fun. Love it. Green light. Gordo. I'm canceling this. Fuck you. I did not find this show funny except for the shit scene and the ending credits with the hookers. I thought that everything, it was over-exaggerated to a point where it annoyed the hell out of me. The way that Roy... You requested Faulty Towers. I'm sorry. This, this Faulty Towers was so much more funnier than this. This was no. just... An, all right. Well, I'm trying to explain. I don't. I don't interrupt. Sorry. Your, go ahead. Yours. Go ahead. Um. The way that Roy just goes <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> the the way that um the the bot like what Jay said, what Jay said about Faulty Towers when he canceled it that it said it. Why are you guys laughing? But when <laughs> what? I can't when did Roy do that? 
don't recall <laughs> any of that. He Chris, did so the at the beginning. You nonchalantly <laughs> say things like the shit scene just fucking destroys <laughs> me. When they go <laughs> when they were at the party, like when he, they first cut into the party, he's going <laughs> and he's trying to be this over anxious like fucking nerd, and it just it just made me annoyed. I just wanted to punch him, and I wanted to punch like Moss was endearing. It just felt like a long skit that should have ended after the first scene or after the the shit scene in the basement. That's when it should have ended. I, you know, I don't want to see any more of it. It's a it's a cancel from me. <laughs> I know with this show where we're, we're going to always have different opinions. This is the first time I'm generally angry that somebody has a different opinion yeah, than I, me. Uh, Fuck yes. you, Gordo. Well, there are five of us. Gordo, you are not alone. I'm oh, canceling this thank God. At least we got the thank majority, you. though. Jesus. Um, listen, and, and although it's funny. I would have bet Jay wouldn't have liked this one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So as I watched it, there's still a part of me that's curious to try to watch a little bit more and see because there are things about it that I can I could see that I would like. There, are, it lines up with other types of shows that I like. But from right in the beginning, I said it just felt like it was sketch comedy. I thought Moss's character was really funny. I really liked him. I. The boss just took me out of it too many times. Anytime they, and I know he's not a big part of the show, but he was so extreme. It just felt like an like a, an SNL sketch from like the eighties. It was just too overdone, and I just couldn't get into it. So yeah, it just I don't know. There are things about it that was funny, but it just didn't click with me. I didn't really get any like big laughter. The the end credit slideshow is probably the thing I found the funniest about the whole episode. Again, I think it's a show that I would come to like if I continue watching it. But just to go by this first episode, it just didn't do it for me. I have to cancel it. But that's only three to two. The show does get a green light. Congratulations. Please to the keep IT watching crowd. it. If you have an inkling to keep watching it, just I'll give keep it another shot. It. I'll, yeah, I'll try continue turning it off and on again. I will turn it off and on again. <laughs> um, so congratulations to the IT crowd. You did make it to episode two. We are going to pass you, although close, but 60% is a passing grade here. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, follow us on social. All of that is available at s1e1pod.com. You can find links to everywhere to follow us. Please do. It would mean the world to us. Go back, listen to the old episodes, share it with your friends. But that's all we have for this week. Catch us next week. Thank you. Goodbye.